me now. Now? What you did? Sorta. You sound horrible. Really? How's the other end of the funnel? Yeah, you sound like you're using <laughs> your uh, your computer microphone as opposed to your headset. All right, hold on one second. Uh, let me try this. Any better? Can you hear me? Yes. Much better. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, your decision not to suck is a good one. Well, you know, <laughs> I didn't make the decision. It just kind of happened. <laughs> happened that way, did it? Yeah, you know, no, if it was up Paul, to me, I would still be sucking. Paul, let me ask you a quick question. <laughs> yes. Paul. Wow. If it's about uh, what I just said, then no. You've never gamed before, right? No. Never. Never. Ever. Well, it, never, I, I can't ever, say never. ever, ever, ever. I used to play games, um, I mean, just D&D, uh, like when I was... What are you going to say, Paul, yeah. back when you were a kid? Yeah. Back when you were into such childish things? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> before I grew up. <laughs> now it's just comic the guy books. on the comic book podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to crash because I didn't want to be left out. <laughs> There's truth in so, that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea how we'll uh, front load these things, but just for the sake of our listeners, uh, if we could go around the proverbial table and introduce ourselves. Wait, hello and welcome to Sandboxing with Aaron and Polly and their amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Funny Books Presents, uh, whatever the hell we're going to call this later on. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Jonathan. And this is Tim. Do you guys go in the same order every week? Yes. Yeah. They were all yeah, set. Always. You didn't mention Amazing Friends this time, though. Like, it's just Aaron and Polly yeah. and those other losers. I said Funny Books Presents. Oh, that's true. You did. You did. Tune, tune in. So the... The audio, the audio that we release is just going to be an hour of us figuring out how we're going to introduce it. <laughs> yes. yeah. Come on, Paul. The colorist is part of the creative team. What the hell? <laughs> uh, uh, well, he is. Okay, so we're, we're, we're gathered today to um, discuss the game that we're going to be running, the uh, superhero role-playing game that uh, we'll be enjoying together. This is going to be a sandbox session, and tonight's goal is to kind of establish the setting. And so uh, what I had shared with you guys uh, in advance of tonight's recording was, you know, I had asked you all to think of two examples from comic books of settings that you think would make good role-playing game settings. And so we're going to go around and kind of discuss those and talk about what we like about them and what what challenges we think those types of settings might present uh, uh, in, in, in a role-playing game. And, and you know, having said that, we've got a number of guys sitting around the table who have gamed before. But, Paul, you haven't gamed since uh, you were a little Paul yes. and back when you were playing and before you know, you started kissing girls. Uh, my filthy whore virgin mouth is uh, <laughs> has never uttered gaming conversation. Now well, let me let me. I just wanted to establish uh, your your gamer uh, background. Did you own any D and D books? I did not. Uh, it was you know okay. the the so, pen and paper stuff, so I don't even remember any books, honestly. I just remember character so, creation and stuff like that. So you showed up at a buddy's house, and uh, he's like, "Here, I'll roll, help you roll up a character." And the next thing you knew, you were playing a paladin and and fighting dragons and getting touched inappropriately. Yep. Okay, all right. 
Because you played with your 30-year-old uncle? In his basement. (laughs) (laughs) It's not inappropriate if you wanted it, Paul. That's a good point. We were role-playing. Now, now of course, uh, Jonathan and uh, Wayne uh, both have well-established gaming credentials uh both of well you know wayne's actually on a real role-playing game podcast and and (laughs) (laughs) jonathan not so much but you know it it has dice in the title (laughs) jonathan's on a podcast where half of the hosts wanted to be a role-playing podcast and the other half don't that's right that's right he, he happens to be the other half um, actually, now that they have three, Satine actually seems to fall more on the role-playing side, so true. I think he's outvoted. Now, if Satine and Chris could just show up to the same recording, they'd be able to you know, work some influence over him. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, ma- it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan, talk to us about your gaming background. Uh, I have a background in gaming. Okay. All right. Thank you. And uh, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> I actually... I don't have much, actually. It's uh, only about two years worth of gaming, and it's been almost all homebrews. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but you've done some sandbox kind, kinds of sessions, though, right? Yeah. Oh, you want that type of background? No, no, no I mean, just, I just want to know what your experience is. And... Uh, Christ on a bike, this is quality programming right here. It really <laughs> is. This is the, you can tell there's a reason why we have a comic podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's a seven-second delay, not because we swear, so that Jonathan can keep up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I began with Besom, actually. What's that? Big eyes, small mouth. You've never heard of that? It's I know what it is. Oh, we're, we're not making a dirty joke? That's a real thing? <laughs> That's yeah. a real thing. I have never it's heard a, of that. It's, a, it's an anime-based uh, role-playing game that is really, really sucky uh-huh. and really unbalanced, uh, but... Uh, the people who got me into role playing, they really liked it, and uh, you know, I did that for a few months before uh, bridging out into uh, more solid mechanically systems. How old were you when you started? Sixteen. Sixteen, and you're eighteen now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm twenty-five. <laughs> you know, when he said the name, I was waiting for the punchline too, because I'd never heard yeah, of it. I'd no. never heard of it. My first system, I think even less people listening may have heard of, my first system was Skies of Glass, the uh, one of the homebrews that the Fear the Boot guys put together early on. I What's actually... I'm pretty goes, sure everyone listening to this has heard of Glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes back to uh, something Dan had created as when he was a teenager. I actually have the spiral-bound Tier 1 rules right here. You, you know, go. I showed up for my first game. I was the over-eager gamer. I show up with those all printed out in a binder, all ready to go. And I walk in, and I'm, I think I'm all set. And they're like, yeah, we don't use those rules anymore. We have, the, <laughs> we have new rules. And you're more prepared for this than we are. <laughs> as, for, uh, as for sandbox gaming, I've never done this before. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, it's new for John Boy. And yeah, you know, I just know that uh, you know, having listened to Fear the Boot, I know that, that Wayne's got some uh, experience just kind of in helping build game worlds with uh, his group. How, yep. And I, have you done that with most of the games that you that you've done with them, or uh, is that just you know every now and again? Um, it's more the current game, but generally that is the first thing we do is we sit around and we basically create the world early on in a session before we you know before we even do character creation. 
that's what we kind of we set aside. This is the world that we're looking for. This is the setting, and we get all of that down before we even have our characters all picked out. Cool. And uh, now, Wayne. Th- oh no, you go ahead. I had a question for Wayne. You ask. You go ahead and ask Wayne. <laughs> uh, Wayne, uh, have you ever done any sort of superhero gaming? Only at the last Fear of the Con. It was the uh, the only superhero game I've been in is the one that uh, Aaron was in and my wife was in, and uh, it was run by Ross Payton from Roleplaying Public Radio. Oh, yes. We was I in that game? That game. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> I'm not sure. I think someone wrote a I think someone wrote a blog about it somewhere too. I don't know. Huh, I'm you know. I'm, it was too long. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> what site was that on? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I didn't comment three or four times in the thread either. So, <laughs> so well, uh, and anyone who's uh, listened to Kicked in the Dice Bags know that uh, my su- I've gamed in a few superhero games. And they've all been really, really bad. So <laughs> I I think the episode we had uh, Kevin Weiser from The Walking Eye, mm-hmm. I frustrated him with what my superhero gaming experience was like. Well, hold on to that because I want to come back and talk about I it. I say I tried to run a one-shot of it once and I had a similar experience. It just didn't work. Yeah. But that was my fault, not the, not the nature of it being a superhero game. So uh, before we get into the the risks and dangers of superhero role-playing, um, I would like to hear from Tim. Tim, talk to us about your gaming ex- experience and background. Uh, played D&D um, since I was so about 16, 17 years. Uh, I've run d and I've run um, a Savage Worlds game. Um, I'm running Vampire right now. Um, as far as gaming sandbox, no, I have not gamed in a sandbox situation, nor have I. Well, I take that back. I've played a couple of uh, old Marvel superheroes uh, mm-hmm. gaming sessions, but that was 10 plus years ago. So I hardly remember it other than the fact that we were way overpowered and it was awesome. <laughs> so in those uh, Marvel superheroes games, did you actually play Marvel characters or did you generate your own? Yeah, we made our own. Okay. Did you use Marvel character? Did you use the Marvel universe, or did you play in your own universe? Uh, we used the Marvel universe. We were ripping what was Magneto's buddies on Asteroid M, whatever those guys were. We whooped the, brother, them. the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, or the, the Acolytes. The Acolytes, yep. Okay. So, uh, Jonathan, you were talking about um, problems that you've seen in superhero role playing games. Yeah, problems that you've experienced. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, uh, problems that you can run into, or that I have seen personally. Um, balancing is an issue. Um, balancing powers? Yeah, because some players are not really responsible when it comes to making characters, and they try to build their superheroes like they would a D&D character, mm-hmm. but they want them to be really, really effective. But at the same time, they kind of go off the charts uh, with the type of game that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, superhero uh, systems that I've played in don't really help you with that. They sort of give you everything and say, "Here, go go to it," and you end up with uh, you know people like uh, Mister Multi Mindfuck. <laughs> what uh, systems have you played? I've played. Was it? Uh, damn it! The one, the one that uh, Champions Heroes, Silver Age Sentinels. Okay. And I've also played Mutants and Masterminds. Okay. Another problem uh, that you run into is genre. 
ends up becoming a problem. You know, I mean, no matter how much it stayed before, I'm like, yeah, let's do something Silver Age. All right, Silver Age game. You always end up with, like, the Punisher-type character that just doesn't fit. <laughs> right. Uh, and a, a lot of the games I've played in, it's really gone the spectrum where, you know, you've got, like, you've got, like, you know, Iron Age-type character with, like, Golden Age-type character. It's just weird. Right. It, you have ultimate people like Superman, and then you have Mr. Killy McShoots and Stabs. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, by, by and large, that is the the thing that I find that breaks superhero games. Every single one I've, I've seen come apart, that's been the issue, is that somebody wants to play Silver Age, somebody wants to play you know Grim and Gritty, and those two styles don't match. So one of the things that we're going to address in our setting is what style game are we going to play? You know, are these heroes that kill? Are these heroes that capture? Uh, are we playing you know, grim and realistic? Are we playing something a little bit more Silver Age? Uh, the final problem that I've seen, and this one is a real big one f- for me, is that, I mean, we, we talk about it every week. Like, we'll see a character do something, and we're like, why don't they always do that? Or... <laughs> We'll see, uh, or like I was talking about this past week with uh, Cosmo. I'm like, well, next time the Hulk goes crazy, Cosmo can just come in and just, just uh, you know, spasm out or whatever, turn his right. brain off. And it's just, in role-playing games, it's really hard for players to sort of be responsible enough to the story to not use their powers to their utmost every single time. And that also really hurts games because with the type of powers you have, it's not it's not like a wizard spells. A wizard spells are very clear in what they do, whereas, you know, when you've got like you know, uh manipulation powers and things like that, there's all kinds of different applications they have. Right. And it's really easy to use uh, you know, science to break the game that way. Did you have any other anything else that you've observed, Jonathan? That that is a concern for you? No, those those three problems would kill kill a game quick. So well, and it seems like it's more prone for a supers game to face these issues than any other type of of, of setting that that I've played in before. You know, right. I, you never. I mean, in D and D, you kill, and in almost any other type of game, you kill. But in a superhero game, you know, people approach the game with very uh, distinct perspectives on what a comic book or a superhero should feel like. So yeah. that those, those are I, – I really think you described them well. I, I think that I, – I, I jotted some notes while you were talking, Jonathan, because you, know, you were saying important things that we needed to remember. Wait. Uh, that's said? all the time. <laughs> Can I borrow your notes? <laughs> <laughs> I, sa- I said my taste is shit, Paul. Oh, that's what um, I thought. So, you know, you're, I just want to make sure I captured your three concerns correctly, Jonathan. Uh, the first one was power level, making sure that you have guys that are building their characters appropriately and that one isn't completely out of whack in comparison to the other. Right. Okay. Another one is, you know, genre and style, you know, that everybody is committed to the same, you know, style of game. You know, if we're going to be Silver Age, we're going to be Silver Age, we're going to be Golden Age, we're going to be Golden Age, we're going to be Grim and Gritty, we're going to be Grim and Gritty. But, you know, we're not going to have a mishmash of all of that unless that's something we all decide on. The last one was being, you know, true to the story, you know, allowing the story to happen and and maybe not staying in, in, in a rut of I did this last time, maybe it'll work again the same time. Did I capture that last one correctly? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just things like, 
I mean, to give to give you an example, uh, I was in a game, and one of the characters was able to uh, make force fields, mm-hmm. and you know we were supposed to investigate uh, this warehouse or whatever, and it it was a Silver Age style game, and uh, and the guy who could make the force fields, when we discovered that there were bad guys inside, he's like. Well, I just uh, create a force field over the warehouse, and and uh, and uh, it'll just stay there until they agree to surrender. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know. Now, who do you like who do you if, think's at fault there, though? Is it, is it the fault of the the player for using the power that he had, or is it the fault of the GM for encouraging that kind of behavior? Uh, the player, the GM did not, in fact, the GM was completely against what he was doing, you know, and not like you can't do that. Like he wasn't saying like that, but he's like, it's like, I don't think this is good for the story, you know, things like that. Like, you know, he even tried to say like, if you opened up a comic book and this was the story, would you enjoy it? Like, you know, things like that. But, you know, a a lot of the complaints I have about superhero games fall on the, on player irresponsibility. Um, the only the only time uh, I've had a problem with the the GM is when they approached the game completely wrong. Like a uh, uh, guy I know, he tried to run a superhero game like he was, like it was a D and D game, mm-hmm. and I just didn't think that worked at all. It, it it should it should have a comic book feel, not not D and D with with uh, superpowers. Right. Tim, have you have you played any superhero role playing games? Um, just just the one. And I only played a couple sessions of it. Okay. So, have you have you much. have you observed any of the the stuff that Jonathan's talking about? Not no. No. Over overpowered to us means the one guy killed uh, three acolytes instead of my one that round. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> and uh, uh, Wayne? Nope, just that one that uh, at Fear the Con that we were in. Okay. I have listened to a lot of uh, actual plays though. I find that. Actual plays, I don't listen to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. The superhero ones are by far the most interesting for me. Oh, really? And maybe just that it's a genre I enjoy, but yeah, I find I listen to a lot more of them than I do any other kind of actual play. I don't think I've listened to any superhero uh, actual play, come to think of it. So, Tim, you've never encountered Mr. Multi Mindfuck? Ever? No, I I, <laughs> I only played like three sessions, and this was like 12 years ago, so... I don't, my memory of the sessions weren't such that there was a negative taste. So, the, the really. guy who takes the uh, the point by system, and he figures out that mathematically he can spend points in such a way where he can duplicate himself, and he also has psionics. So all of his duplicates have psionics, and then they can use each duplicate to aid each other to take <laughs> down somebody and get past his resistances, no matter what. I, I, I understand. I understand what you're what you're saying, and I could, I could see that happening, but I'm not really worried about it because if one of us tried to do that, Aaron would take out the ruler and whack somebody. So I'm like whatever. As long as we don't try to roll social skills against each other, we'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> son of a. My expectation is that if one of you gets out of line. The other guys show up in the barracks room that night while he's asleep with uh, bars of soap in their socks. And they work it out. Did That's you ever see a few good men, Aaron? F- uh huh. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, be bad. that's where I got that idea from. <laughs> I thought I thought you were cool. I thought you were going with the uh, full metal jacket. Both of them work. I like both examples. Yeah, there you go. You know, and hey, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do tonight? We're not going to get into characters and powers and all that kind of fun stuff. That'll be our next session. But tonight, I just want to talk about what kind of world we want to play in. So, uh, referring back to your homework, Paul. Tell me about uh, your, one of the comics that uh, you think would make a, a good role-playing game setting in that style. So I have to go first. So my first idea was kind of a, a mix uh, of Central City from The Flash and Shadowland from Daredevil. Um, basically, you know, you've, you've got this bright, gov- this bright, shiny metropolis that's connected by a bridge to um, – and the thinking was this superhero-run um, prison city for supervillains. You know, basically, you know, there, there is a surrounding city to, to that to that prison complex, but it's kind of like the ghetto. You know, it's kind of like the really run-down bad area, um, and obviously it's worse inside the prison. Um but you know, the, the, so they're connected by the bridge, um, and you know, uh, that, so I, I thought that would lend a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, one one of the drawbacks that I had of it is that it seemed maybe a little generic. I, I don't know. So that was my first idea. When you think about you know a city similar to Central City connected to a city similar to Shadowland, right? Mm-hmm. What elements of Central City? What What do you like about Central City? You know, it's it, it, and Central City is kind of interchangeable almost with Metropolis, really, if you think about it. You know, it's just this bright, shining Metropolis type city. You know, or Central. You know, I like the idea that in Central City everything's fast paced, everything's moving, things are constantly on the move. You know, superheroes are a way of life; people expect to see them, that kind of thing. Um, you know, but it, it, I, I liked that idea. Uh, and I, I like the contrast with having it connected to such this grim and gritty place, almost like they choose to ignore its existence. Um, you know, the, the the more interesting aspect to me was like the Shadowland type area. You know, the, the the prison complex that was you know basically you know ruled or governed or you know whatever by by the the superhero populace. Uh, like I said, it, it may be a little bit more of a generic idea, but. You know, it seemed very comic booky to me. You know, it seemed like it would lend itself to you know lots of supervillains and superheroes and you know corrupt superheroes who work in the in the in the supervillain facility for too long, that kind of thing. Anything else that you particularly like about uh, the Shadowland idea or the Central City idea that you want to capture here? You know, I you know I just like some of the opportunities that it represents. You know, I, I think we can mm-hmm. have the the mixture of street level characters more superpowered characters if we wanted to, you know, and having a variety of environments for them to, to go in. I, I think, you know, it, it lends itself to, you know, different types of missions, you know, sure. different types of gaming. You know, you could have, you know, the supervillain escape, you know, which, which is, I guess, generic, but, you know, you could have the, the supervillain escape or you can have the, you know, the superhero infiltration of the, of the supervillain facility, that kind of thing. So, right. you know, it's almost like a superhero town and a supervillain town connected. And sure. you know the 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 chaos that ensues. I'm the mayor of Supervillain Town. Damn right, that's the name. No. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor of Supervillain Town. 
Please vote. Yeah. <laughs> Lex Luthor, mayor of Supervillain Town. <laughs> Jonathan? Uh, well, my uh, two ideas were based on what what uh, power level we were going for. Okay. Um, if we're going for more of like uh, street level uh, type superheroes, uh, I... I also went with uh, Central City. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, or not, I shouldn't even say Central City in general, but just like the way that at least the DC comics that I'm reading, you know, Green Arrow and The Flash, the way they have their s- fictional cities um, that really are part of the story. Uh, in more than a setting sense we've talked about you know it's like a character of its own uh, i like the idea of of doing that rather than using uh real places mm-hmm. um so i like that idea uh if we were going more for like a sort of uh avengers type feel or something mm-hmm. and yeah i did intentionally saying Avengers so that I didn't say Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> you are we so playing Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll if call we, you Power if, Princess to marvel it up a little bit for you. <laughs> <laughs> you feel at home being called Princess. So. If, we, uh, if we were going more of an Avengers feel, I also like... I I still would want to to keep DC aspect of the fictional cities, but like maybe each of each of us are you know we are guardians of a certain city, but you know together, and it it would give us a a, a lot of different settings that we could use. Not to say that it would create more work. I would see you view those cities, cities in a very broad terms. Right. I think if we went with one city, I really like the way like City of Heroes did it, where there's all the different districts and everything in the city, and they're all they all have sort of a different feel to them, um, but they're but they're all part of the the same city. And I think that's the same as if you created, say, uh, a world with different cities as settings right so it's the same amount of work just the difference is scale and so yeah it's almost like you're describing you know a larger city and then like neighborhoods within it like hell's kitchen in new york city that kind of thing yeah exactly okay exactly and and like maybe different uh different villain groups have been known to operate in certain districts and things like that can i can i ask questions Sure, absolutely. Or make comments. We, we encourage both, Paul. So, But just remember, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Just stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I, and I, I'm not trying to – so if anyone does this later on, I don't want to discourage it. But I, I like the idea of the fictional city rather than using real-life places. Again, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to discourage any – you know, because we still have three people left to go. Um, you know, first ideas and second ideas. Um, but I, I like the idea of a fictional city. And, but my question is, when you say, because you mentioned possibly like a superhero for each city or district, do you mean like an initiative type thing, or just like you know they're they're just that's their base of operations? Well, all right. Well, I used the Avengers, but it was a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to use something Marvel esque. Uh, 
But you really told, wanted to say you really wanted to say Justice League, but you didn't. Want I to say really Justice wanted to League. say I really wanted to say Justice League, where you know the different members of Justice League. You can look at you know like Superman, and you know that you know Superman's stories normally take place in Metro- in Metropolis. You know, Batman's stories take place in Gotham. You know, those are the cities that they are the superhero of. But at the same time, if Superman and Batman are in a story together, they could be doing something in Gotham or they could be doing something in uh, Metropolis or they could be doing something in space, you know. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, that, that, That clears it up. Uh, but uh, just to comment on Paul's uh, Shadowland idea, um, I I also think that I mean regardless of of where we have it, uh, you know, sort of the supervillain prison I think is a staple for that comic book feel, and I really like that idea. Jonathan, did you have any additional comments concerning your uh, Central City like uh, idea? Uh, no, I mean, like I said, it it just like if if we're if we're in one city i i mean i think you you become more invested in that city if it, if there's greater detail focused upon it uh rather than just saying we're in like central even central city is a is a poor example because you know right now i mean as far as what i've read in flash i don't know a whole lot about central city except that it's fast paced right. i can't be like you know, I can't be like, oh, he's going down. The Flash is going down to this area in Central City. You know, it, a, a better example I think would be Green Arrow, where at least you've got you know that forest outside the city, and so it's a unique setting, but still part of that city. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go with my idea that's closest with these for the first one, and it was even men- mentioned something like Avengers Initiative, where. The a government agency or group, and actually this is partially inspired by City of Heroes for me too because I spent so many years playing and enjoying City of Heroes. But a government agency is the one that licensed the superheroes. When you, when you have powers, you go and you register or you end up being essentially a villain. But I like the idea of the initiative under, like under Osborne where this isn't a completely up-and-up organization. There's corruption within the ranks. So you have that overarching, you know, corruption going on that could be part of the plot, part of something you're dealing with, or you could be sent out on a mission. Mm-hmm. It gives you a lot of options. It gives you a reason for characters that might normally have nothing to do with each other to be thrown together in a situation. It covers any power level you want to deal with. You could be the, you know, one of the star teams, or you could be the Great Lakes Avengers. <laughs> I mean, it, it opens up a lot of opportunities, and it falls under pretty much whatever feel you want. If you want a darker city, you can have a darker city. If you want a lighter city, you can have a lighter city. But because you're also, you know, like an initiative type team, you could be based out of, you know, whatever city you want, whatever fictional city you want to build it out of, or, you know, whatever state you wanted to do. I don't want to be assigned to the Tucson Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of the things that's nice about, you know, something that's linked to the government is it, it makes it real easy for, you know, assignments. You know, because one of the things that, that I've seen fall apart on uh, other superhero role-playing games is getting everyone to buy into a mission. 
And when you when you've got something that has an an authority structure like a government-run organ, organization or agency, you get to have the guy who comes out that's in charge and says, "This is what you boys are doing today." Yeah, and if you're if you find that your team's actually getting close to some of the corruption, finding out some of what's really going on, mm-hmm. you can be sent on a suicide mission exactly. and have to deal with it when you get there. I'm not a fan of the big overlord putting a gun in your head saying this is what you're going to do, just as a generality. Is it a little too much like marriage for you, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to side with with Tim on on this one uh, for for different reasons. I sort of I I would sort of still want the whole masked vigilante feel to the story, and you know to where we would still have secret identities that. Even even each other wouldn't wouldn't know about possibly and uh, you know it also you know I mean we would all have jobs I assume and our secret identities and stuff it would just I think it would add more role playing possibilities. Now see uh, like a not an overlord but like an authority that's more like say Oracle I'm okay with I'm not okay with Norman Osborn if that makes sense. What about the big talking head from the Power Rangers? <laughs> no. Oh, you no, heard it he here. He looks like Tim. Ed Asner. No, you heard it here. Tim doesn't like head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna mute my mic again. <laughs> it bugs me that I don't know the name of that big talking head in Power Rangers now. Zordon. Oh. Well, Zordon. There you go. We know who's the king geek around here. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Was there ever a question? <laughs> and if there was, there's no longer. Wayne, what, oh, what was your oh, yeah, other idea? Okay. Well, my other idea was uh, I don't know if anyone else here has ever read Wanted, but I like the concept of the villains have either the villains or a a hero gone bad, but somebody has essentially taken over and the heroes are the resistance force. They trying to keep their existence, you know, their, their private lives are secret. They don't want anybody to know who they are because they can't really trust anybody. And they're trying to win back the world from this group. I actually have a list of about five ideas, but this was my second one was that, uh, you know, basically the villains have taken over or, Heroes have taken over for the world's own good, and our characters just aren't on board with that. Wayne, did you have anything else about your your kind of initiative setting or your wanted setting? No, I think that pretty much covers that. I was trying to keep them broad. Okay. Hey, Tim, you're up. Huh? You're up. Oh, oh I, I get to – okay. You, you get to share your big idea now. Okay. Um, Because I'm nowhere near anybody else's right now. Um, hey, I think idea. that's a good. I think that's a good thing, Tim. I think it's nice to have ideas that are completely opposite of each other for us to to pick through and work that's through. That's right. That's right. Uh, my idea was Red Sun. Oh, the, the, the Superman comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my thought was to have Soviet superheroes fighting evil and trying to save the communist way of life. I was thinking that you could do different points in time, but in my head, I was thinking mid-80s, right before everything went completely to, to rear end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I think the why would be it would be a fun aspect to explore not only being a hero but also playing the political game, trying to save an empire that's crumbling. You know, people look up to you, but at the same time, you can't get the damn government to fund your Quinjet anymore or whatever. <laughs> you know, I I think that the 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 it's also kind of the the aspect I'd be worried about a little bit is that the politics would override the 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 superheroing, but and, and um, you know, it might be hard to deprogram everybody's red blooded American way of life. Uh, that was my first idea. Heroes of the proletariat. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got me there, uh, uh, Tim. That's one of my favorite books. I love Red Sun. Yeah, it was a good book. I, yeah. You know, it, it jumped around in time too much for me to say this is exactly what I want. But but you like the feel I, of it. Yeah, and I'd kind of like to stay within our history where, you know, the Soviet Union is the one that was having the funding issues and right. people starving and stuff. It's just more fun when the Soviets are starving. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a Soviet. Um, So, Paul. Yes. um, What was your your second book? Well, it's kind of funny um, that Tim mentioned uh, an Elseworlds book because mine is kind of uh, an Elseworlds – inspired by an Elseworlds book too. And this one's kind of way – way different uh, mm-hmm. than obviously my previous idea so uh, you know just just bear with me because um, I you know I went through cre- you know because once I started thinking about this world then I was like well how does that work so I started thinking about the history okay so it's kind of inspired partially and I don't know if anyone has read this book other than me uh, Batman Holy Terror did anybody read that that I came think out a, I have a long time ago. Yeah, it was like this. Um, you know, America was this Commonwealth nation. It was a theocratic government. You know, it, it was like Batman was in the clergy, and yeah, yeah, it, 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 just a very different type thing. So, okay, so here's my idea, and maybe it's more fantasy than superhero. I don't know, but you know, basically, the my thinking was. The Crusades, you know, the actual Crusades, so we're going way back, didn't end when they were when they ended. They they went on for a hundred years more, and because they kept going, and because there was this there was this battle of religion, heaven itself actually stepped in um, to stop the fighting, and you know to, to basically you know say no, stop fighting. This is what's going to happen from now on, um, and because of that. Angels have been stationed on Earth since in order to keep this religious peace. Um, but at the same time, the longer they spend with humans, the more corrupt they get. Um, but you know, um, the, the 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 America itself is this, like I mentioned, you know, this this theocratic government, you know, that that's kind of ruled by these angels. Um, now, at the same time, there are these anti-government radicals, characters like a, like a Batman or a Daredevil, you know, who fight back against the government, you know, the, uh, the government's brutal, brutality and the brainwashing and stuff like that. Um, and in addition to that, 
um, the government is actually creating experiments in order to create, or it's actually doing experiments in order to create these superpowered beings um, capable of keeping the peace like the angels have. Um, but in reality, what they're doing, unbeknownst to the angels, is they're creating these superpowered beings in order to overthrow the angels and take back their, take back control of their world. Um, so you know, so I, I thought that lent itself to the street level characters. And the superhero, the superpowered characters. Um, my main drawback of that is maybe it's a bit more fantasy than superhero-y. I don't mm-hmm. know. And you said Holy Terror was the was what got you thinking about this? Yeah, it, it, you know, it was the inspiration for it. I mean, obviously, the Holy Terror was a a, a bit different, uh, but right. you know, it, it had similar ideals with the government creating the superpowered experiments. Um, in fact, I think Aquaman or something like that was like a, a government experiment in that book or something. So. A failed government experiment. Yeah, you know, but so. yeah, epic fail. <laughs> <laughs> Any comments on uh, Paul's idea here? I could tell. Not really neat. digging it. <laughs> We have, we have one one sounds neat, one not really digging it. And not that we're fall, voting now. Yeah, I don't really have uh, a reason why, but I have to fall kind of on uh, Jonathan's side there. And it's not catching me either. Yeah. I don't I can't really say why, I don't know why, but Well, I knew it was kind of a, a, a long shot. It was just kind of I thought it was just kind of a neat idea. And maybe it's more of a story than a than a gaming set piece. Well, you know, I, I certainly see it for uh uh, you know, a setting for supernatural fantasy, you know, that kind of thing, something that's kind of modern, uh, you know, but if you're, if you're approaching a game as, uh, you know, if you're, if, if you're approaching a game as coming in as like silver age, uh, I could see where, where that might not fit. But if you were coming in with something rather, you know, uh, dark, you know, that, that could certainly be a choice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just kind of depends on the style of game you want to play. Yeah. Another uh, drawback to that, and I guess I'm talking myself out of the scenario, is I tried to avoid <laughs> I tried to avoid a scenario that kind of had this overarching story that could end. You know, I, I kind of wanted a more open-ended world. You know, that the adventures could keep happening rather than you know this seems more like a story that you know should have a beginning, middle, and end to mm-hmm. it. I don't know, Paul. Anytime I could say I'm I'm a I'm a helpful agent of Satan trying to overthrow the angels of Earth, I'm freaking <laughs> down, man. That's awesome. Okay, that's an important note about Tim there. Yeah. <laughs> Jot that down. Just going to uh, keep the holy water handy when I see him in Missouri next year. And so, Aaron, your your Christian podcast is tomorrow night, right? That's right. <laughs> Be sure to tune in for the God Show. <laughs> Who's up next? I think we're going to go with Jonathan. Uh, Why? Well, I, I jumped the rails. Did you shoot? Did you shoot your goo? Is that what you're telling me? I well, I, I said both of my ideas when it was my turn the first time. Huh? And then I made Wayne say both of his ideas. So <laughs> I think we're going back to Tim. I've got another one to throw out there, actually. Give it to me, Wayne. How come right. he gets three ideas? Because, <laughs> because, because Wayne's mind is mossy. Things because just he woke up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking of something kind of like uh, kind of like a Green Lantern title or like a Legion of Superheroes. 
except it would be more like I guess more like Legion of Superheroes, where each of us would have been the you know the primary protector of our planet. So you would have like instead of having a city that's defined and you know a city that's a setting, each of us would have a planet that's a setting, and we'd all be part of like an agency like the Legion of Superheroes or like uh, the Green Lantern Corps or something like that. We need 37 more podcasters to play Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm not trying to say this because you disliked my idea, bastard. But um, <laughs> Oh, it is on. <laughs> it's on like Donkey Kong now. No, I, I, I'm not, I, I, and I, maybe it's just a comparison to Legion. I, I'm, not, you know, I, I, I'm not a big futuristic type superhero environment type guy. Paul, yeah, you- and it wouldn't have to be future, but my concern would be more the epic level of it. Because I have a hard time following books that have the epic level, you know, big space stories. Mm-hmm. And I might even have the same kind of problem in a game. I don't know. Yeah, when they when when a team leaves space, they leave my interest behind, usually. Hey, what about hey. the Shi'ar? The what? What about the Thanos imperative? Yeah, man. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you're hurting Rocket Raccoon, Tim. You, you realize n- nobody else on the podcast read that except you, me, and Jonathan. Yeah, your well, mom. F- well, fuck <laughs> hey, that's three out. That's three out of five. Well, fuck Tim and Wayne then. <laughs> Delete them. How do you drop them from this call? <laughs> oh, they are gone. <laughs> no, wait. No, Tim's you know, okay with no me. one. No one has thrown out X Men yet. <laughs> <laughs> If we we're, need, if we're doing third ideas, well, because then we need 199 you know, more podcasters. The reason I don't like the idea of like a, an X Men thing is because I I'd like for us all to have interesting backgrounds for our, our heroes on how they got their powers, and simply I was born with them is you know like it's a, yeah it's a nice way to start a game, but. It's just so much more interesting characters if you have to explain how you got your powers. You know, it's funny it that you more. it's funny that you mention that because the the whole mutant origin was point out laziness. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Stanley got tired of expl- finding new ways to explain powers, so he made. But the I think what else I can I do what, with radiation to make a character? <laughs> I think that this. I, I don't think that the that. I mean, if you talk about like Bruce Banner was hit by a gamma bomb. It, I don't think that becomes any less interesting than you know Rogue put a dude in a coma when she got her powers. Like I think I think for mutants their uh, their interesting backstories came later, rather than at the start of their powers they came. And you how know, they yeah. well, if you look at powers and Cyclops' backstory of he was born with the powers is boring. Rogue's story of how she got her powers had wasn't just that she was born with it. You're right. It was that story of how she you know. Put someone in a coma to take them. Well, but what about what about Cyclops falling out of the plane and growing up in the orphanage and and banging his head so he doesn't have control of his optic blasts and losing his father? Potential there. I think you have brother. His father's a freaking space pirate. How much more interesting can he be? Wow, I didn't know any of this. Any of his father's interesting. It doesn't mean he's interesting. (laughs) Oh no, he's interesting by association. I think that works. <laughs> no, Cy- Cyclops for 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 being the the Boy Scout and the bitch of the X Men for so many years is is an interesting character. I think if you take all of the all of the characters that were created before the year two thousand, you've got a bunch of interesting characters with very interesting backstories. It's just 
you know, comic book creators are having trouble coming up with new ideas. Have you guys noticed this? I have. <laughs> well, and, and I think that these guys, the the mutants, are interesting because it's not that they've got an origin story around their powers. You know, how did they get them? Their origin story is really our origin story. It's the events that shape your life and and you know how you're different and whatnot. And they're they're all just a big bundle of emo. That's what they. What about what about this? What about this, Wayne? I was a British noble, but then I went to the Mojoverse and had my brain put in the body of a, uh, you know, Asian assassin. Hot, hot Asian assassin. Don't forget that. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm a hot Asian with purple hair and a British accent. And oh yeah, some. and I just happen to have mutant powers. And doesn't yes. she model some? Oh, she models for me. And <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Their backgrounds are interesting because of their stories and because people over the years have fleshed out the characters. I just like the I like the idea of coming up with new ways to to get the powers. Though I like hearing how someone comes up with the idea of well, how does this person fly? That's always been interesting to me. Is how do you okay? Come up with well, a, with a say, new way say to say you it. strip say you strip that that they're mutants. Off the X Men, but you still have, you know, sort of the dynamic of of what they're all about. I I still think it works. I still think it's interesting. It's not my first idea, nor my second, but we're throwing out third ideas now. We're getting. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of curious of bad stuff. <laughs> what I'm kind of curious of is if you strip out that they were just born with their powers, what do you have left out of the X Men that you want to play? Humans. <laughs> Moira McTaggart. I mean, I mean, what aspect of them? I'm kind of curious. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like the the team. All right, the fact that it's a soap opera. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, I like that is a, that is a big element of the X Men. You know, they they are a soap opera. You know, weren't we just talking last week about uh, you know? What's going on between you know Cyclops and Hope and Hope and you know whoever? I mean you know it's all the relationship stuff and you know the the, the promise of uh, the new X Men book with uh, Angel slash Archangel being uh, teamed up with Psylocke is it? Yeah, I mean th- those are all soap opera elements because you guys aren't talking about wow their powers work so great together. It was the relationship. Yeah, and I think that's that's what makes it really interesting stories. Of course, I also don't want to have to come back the next week and talk about, man, when Jonathan was hitting on Tim, it was so interesting. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's going to happen regardless. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about it uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, sorry, boys. (laughs) No matter what type of characters we play, it's going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> Tim is irresistible. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, did you want to share your second idea? I, I don't know. It's probably not natural anymore. Uh, <laughs> it <yet>. um, <laughs> um, my idea was Night Stalkers in New Orleans. Um, so you'd have low-level kind of heroes focused on a cult. Um, it, you could also kind of throw like a like a ghost hunters atmosphere where they get calls to go check stuff out. Um, so you're kind of like seeing this as like a midnight suns kind of thing, a super yeah. group of guys with supernatural abilities fighting things with super that, 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 you know, 
you know, devils and demons and ghosts and goblins, that kind of thing? That was kind of what I was thinking. You'd okay. have gritty, dark heroes because they wouldn't be worried about killing stuff because it's all occult and it's all not natural. And uh, I, That was kind of what I, what I was thinking for my second idea, whereas my first idea, Red Sun, would be more high-powered. The second idea was if we wanted to tone it down. And I like New Orleans just because if you have to pick a city where you think something occult would happen, I I would picture New Orleans. So. Right. Yeah. Well, plus boobs. So. Huh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, d- does anybody have uh, uh, an additional setting that they'd like to throw out there? Well, I, I want to comment. I-, I I like Tim's second setting. Uh, okay. I like that idea. I- I- I'm I'm a fan of supernatural type characters, so I, I kind of like that type of stuff. Um, but I mean. I'm actually surprised that we've come gone through. I'm counting on my fingers because I'm doing know. the math, aren't you? Yeah, like <laughs> six or seven ideas, and no one has mentioned like a pulp type, the shadow atomic robo type environment yet. So I think that's kind of interesting. Are you recommending that, Paul? I, you know, I, I am because I love pulp heroes. But like Jonathan mentioned earlier, you know, there's going to be some douche, you know, because one of you guys is a douche. Um, who's gonna That's try me. to? Yeah, who's gonna That's try to? Like, us, man. Yeah, hey, you know, we're playing pulp heroes, and I'm X twenty three or something. You know, <laughs> I'm the Revenger yeah. with big effing guns. But I mean, I, I, so, I like pulp environments. You can have characters like like a Doctor Strange, or you could have like your pulp heroes, like you know Shadow, and you know, I think, it, and you could have a super super powered type character as well. You know, like Superman back in the olden days where he wasn't all-powerful, but he could just jump really far and he was strong. I, I, I like other... that type of setting. I mean, I it, as far as, you know, because I'm spitting it off off the top of my head, I don't really have sure. a lot of ideas around the world. Um, but I like the environment of, you know, uh, of that era. You know, and, sure. and you know, you, it lends itself to wacky ideas, cool science, you know, stuff like that. Anybody have any comments on uh, Pulp? I don't like it in more orange juice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of Silver Age, and Pulp feels very Silver Age. Uh-oh. Not to say that I wouldn't play Silver Age, but that would be my I, if I had a vote. Sure. I wouldn't go that way. And I, I'm I'm personally aiming for something. Uh, it doesn't necessarily not necessarily Silver Age, but not ne- like. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to play like anything like Punisher esque or um, or even like you know Wolverine once it got dark. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I yeah, like I'm, I'm with you there, when Jonathan. he first started. Um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm really interested in uh, playing in a game that's very uh, high heroism. Like we talk about on the podcast, you know, <laughs> heroes fighting villains, you know, there's a bit of campiness to it, but, you know, the story is interesting. And- okay, so so let's talk a little bit about style before we make any final decision on setting, okay? And I'm characterizing style as, is it Golden Age, Silver Age, is it Modern Era, is it, you know, Grim and Gritty, what have you. So uh, starting with Jonathan, uh, I think you kind of already stated your case, but uh, give you a, a, a little bit additional opportunity to you know, emphasize what you're looking for. Describe to us the style of the game you're looking for. 
All right. If our game was drawn, it would be drawn by Francis Manupol. Okay. You know, like it, like. So it's it's a it's a bright, uh, yeah, uh, just heroic bright. looking, uh, uh, almost anime in in the action sequences. Yeah. Am, am I know, characterizing um, it appropriately? Yeah, and just you know tights. So in costume. Wear, yeah, I want us to wear tights. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know I'm not? Your character. Yeah, your characters don't have to, but you have to. Um, <laughs> you know, just like just that sort of. I mean, I mean, we can tone down. We can adjust the camp factor, as Nia. We don't necessarily have to have to go the the super campy route. Like if you read like. You know, the X-Men run from the 60s or something like that. It's like, oh, God. But more like, uh, I think a, a perfect book that characterizes the, the feel uh, would be uh, Chris Claremont's uh, run on X-Men from, like, giant size, you know, throughout on Uncanny. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Okay, like that that style of feel where where the the stories and the subject matter can be mature but at the same time, you know, it's not dark. So, uh Paul, when you think of style, what are you thinking about? It's it, I guess it it kind of depends on the world we go with, you know. I'm thinking about some but of these. But if you but it, when you're thinking about I, mean, I d- don't think about setting so much okay um focus a little bit more on you know when you're thinking of the kind of character you want you want to play and the kind of world he's in what style is that is it is it more heroic is it a little darker is it you know uh purely heroic you know like a like a Shazam Captain Marvel um is it a little bit more realistic than that what is it Paul tell me Paul tell me <laughs> well Aaron yeah it, it, it. I can't lie. There, there's two different ways I can go here. Um, you can lie. I've known you to lie. <laughs> well, yeah. But like Superman, <laughs> a new creative team is on board, <laughs> and I will only tell the truth in this issue. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know, I, if we were to go with a darker environment, which I like the idea of a, a potentially darker environment with still heroic characters, but, you know, the potential for, for darker atmosphere, um, you know, th- then – uh, you know, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the, the question was about uh, style, Paul. Style, style. Yeah. I, I, you so, know, and then you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It. It. I kind of. It, I. I'd either want to go. I don't want to go completely off the deep end, dark and gritty. You know, I don't. Uh, I. I don't think uh, basing on any of these ideas, other than mine that didn't fly you know i don't think i want to go for like a mature readers you know crazy sodomy infested type thing i think i want to go with a, damn it <laughs> with, with, with more super heroism involved you know if i like jonathan's idea of using like an artist to describe it you know i, I would think like an like an andy Kuber or an adam Kubert, you know type world mm-hmm. um you know, if we were to go with something a little, you know, I, I like that that feel. Just uh, it definitely. T- so Andy, not a Joe. Andy, not Andy, a Joe. not a Joe. Okay. Yeah, not a Joe, not a Joe. But I, I, you know, definitely tight, regardless of what environment we go with. Um, but the potential to have characters who don't wear tights, you know, the potential for the character with, you know, 
like like the like the question. You know, mm-hmm. you, you like you know. I, I like the idea that we can have a Batman and we can have a question. You know, two detectives, but you know, two different types of costumes. Sure. So, uh, Wayne, what are your thoughts? Um, a lot of what Jonathan said, actually, which is kind of surprising. Um, I like that. You know, big superhero action. You know, we have we have spandex. Some of us may have capes. The I don't like the I don't want to get too far into the Silver Age campiness. So if we were Superman, for example, it would be more Superman right after Crisis. No, you know, super pets flying around or anything like that. Um, if we were comparing to an artist, though, I'd have to say like Ryan Otley, something like an invincible kind of setting where it is it's the bright, it's the colorful heroes versus heroes. But you've got a lot of capability for some dark stuff, and you can have some violence in there that gets kind of bloody. And guts and eyeballs and, and yep. whatnot. Yeah. But they're all still drawn bright and pretty. <laughs> but it's not corny, cheesy, or over the top. The, you know, there's room for fun. There's definitely the, the four-color hero, but it's not overly cheesy. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with Paul. In the I, – I, I wanted – darker kind of if if i had a choice and i you know obviously like i said i've got two settings one where it's not as gritty and one where it is completely is right i don't need i don't need the punisher but can i get like moon knight or you know arsenal off a drug high or uh, you know stuff like blade yeah that's kind of what i what kind of what i i like i don't like can't be 19 40s, 50s, Silver Age kind right. of stuff. It's not my thing. Okay. Um, could I play along? Yeah, probably, but it would be kind of lame to me. <laughs> I would draw- be the I would be the asshat who would want to be pulling out guns and taking care of people. <laughs> Who's drawing? That's what I like. Who's <laughs> your mom? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I like a blending of like the 90s and the uh, and the Silver Age, uh-huh. where you take away the Silver Age camp. And present something, you know, a little more serious, but not get over the top 90s with the overly giant muscles and guns larger than your arm and all of that. But I'm the type of person where I guess I'm kind of like Paul's mom. I'll try anything once. God. <laughs> okay, so who, Some, who sometimes the, a couple of times, <laughs> even if you don't. Like who it. did the Who did the covers for the the Second Coming books? Oh, Adi they Grano. were different. They were different artists, weren't they? The covers were no. I thought the covers were all the same artists. Yeah, the covers were all well. They had variant covers, but the main covers were all by Adi Granov. Boom, boom. Here's your artist. Okay. Just like so, we've got uh, really two different camps going on right now uh, in style. We've got something that's brighter, right? traditional superhero action. Uh, <laughs> You know, tights and whatnot. And then uh, Paul and Tim very much feel like they want the potential for darkness. Um, they want, they want uh, uh, you know, darker situations, uh, maybe not as uh, traditionally heroic uh, guns. Uh, and, you know, while you guys didn't say this, I, I'm reading into that that, you know, people die in these stories. People die hard. Okay. So 
here's my question for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, John and 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 Wayne. Uh, and I almost called him Waynathan. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm used to calling him Jonathan. Anyway, um, you guys, you know, are seeing a a very heroic, traditionally heroic, traditional superhero kind of setting. In your setting, do heroes die? Heroes, yes. Okay. Heroes, heroes die. Um, but. Uh, Okay, the follow-up question, follow-up question. Okay. Do supervillains kill? Well, how else do heroes die? Well, they could fall under a bus. Cancer. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. Uh, for you know, me, like, HIV. Legacy virus. For yeah. me, definitely villains kill. They are bad people. They are bad guys. And that's why you need the heroic people to stand up against them. I yeah. think villains have no problem killing. Right. Okay. And so... And I don't mean death trap kind of killing either. Not the cheap 60s death traps. I mean, okay. So, given a chance, they'll shoot you in the head. Okay, so and, – and this is the, exactly the road I'm wanting to go down for your setting. Um, bad guy takes somebody hostage. Does he kill the hostage? If the heroes don't stop him. Okay. Yeah. Um, he kills the hostage. Does he kill a child? Yeah. Why? Why not? That makes it okay. I'm just just seeing how dark we're willing to go. Okay. Well, because yeah, I mean, we're, we're does, talking about what the villains are willing to do. I'm right. I'm I, all I'm all for the villains well, being very very dark. And and the reason why I ask is in a lot of those Silver Age books, you know, the the villains were just robbing banks and not really hurting anybody. You know, nobody ever died in a lot of those things. Um, and I'm just trying to set the tone. So, you know, uh, we've established that you know villains kill heroes. That they'll kill hostages. They'll even kill a child. Will they skull fuck the child? <laughs> See, I was about to say, I think we should get away from uh-huh. Rapey McRaperton. <laughs> I Dr. Definitely, Light? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Ray. I definitely don't think most of them would. I mean, they're in this for a reason themselves. They're, <laughs> if they're characters, they have motivations. I mean, killing people falls into that. But you, so, can ha- you have the psychotic right, ones, but you do have some of them. To. I was about to say pretty much the same thing that Wayne is. I think it it would go from from villain to villain. I kind of like that the the more uh, X Men approach where you, you know there's a world of difference between what Apocalypse does and what Magneto does. Sure, yeah, and that's, that's I mean that, that, that's certainly different for the characters. I'm just trying to identify an extreme and and how dark we're willing to go. So yeah, and that's the real question: Is there anything that would absolutely disturb someone that they would have a problem with? Right? Oh, no. I don't know. I think uh, I think skull fucking a dead child. <laughs> I think that's an that extreme. That would bother you. You're a pussy. It wouldn't bother. <laughs> well, I mean, it would bug me if I was forced to. <laughs> so, uh, off, on the flip side, do heroes kill? That I that I I I'm not in favor of. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean. If it's a if it's a matter of last choice, yeah, I think it it happens sometimes, but it's always a last minute thing. If nothing else is, you know, if if they don't do this, a lot of people are going to die. There's no other choice. The person's got a bomb strapped to themselves. You don't, you know, and maybe they don't necessarily work to save the bad guy. I'm kind of iffy on that, but definitely. Yeah, I. 
I think that when when it happens, it should be it was, should impact the story greatly. Like you know, the hero doesn't doesn't kill, but something happens that really pushes him to have to take somebody down permanently, and it should be uh, you know a important event, not just another story. Sure. <laughs> it's a crossover. So, <laughs> so as a face off. So as a rule, the heroes are, are trying to capture, subdue, etc. They would only kill as an extreme exception to the setting. Yeah, they're bringing them to justice. Okay. Yeah, I would say even you know even if we do try to incorporate, and I'm not in favor of incorporating a character like the Punisher, but I'm in favor of incorporating a character like the Phantom, or mm-hmm. like a Batman with guns. You know, a character who's shooting to injure or to stop, but not shooting to kill. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think if we do incorporate a hero who does kill or is going to kill, I think it, it's a story beat rather than just a general. This character kills villains. Right. So uh, Tim and Paul, um, in your darker setting, your darker style, um, do your heroes kill? It furthers his goal. Yeah. <laughs> is your hero actually a villain? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking. Is I think Tim needs to create the villains for this campaign. Maybe I'm just you'll a bad mood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll create your heroes and we'll use them as villains in the campaign. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's hysterical. I have to say, in a darker environment. I'd say the potential is there. I wouldn't say a character goes out of his way to kill somebody. I think the potential is, you know, in the in, in a fight that a character could get killed. I don't think that a superhero A is going to put on his costume and say, you know what, I, I'm just going to kill some motherfuckers today. I don't think that. I, 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 that's not what I'm thinking, even in a darker environment. You know, now... That's referring to humans, though. You know, right. if if we have a supernatural element like a brood type, well, they're not supernatural. I guess they're aliens. But if we had a brood type, you know, um, oh yeah, they they die horribly. Yeah, you know, yeah, demons, aliens, robots. That's what they're there for—is to die horribly. Exactly. People yeah. from Kansas, <laughs> <laughs> as guardians. You know, as guardians, kill them all. <laughs> illegal aliens. Paul's always about the ass guardians. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, when you when you heard Jonathan and Wayne describe, you know that yes, villains kill. Yes, it might become necessary for a hero to kill in an extreme situation. Are you more comfortable with that definition of the setting that uh, and style that they're going for? Or do you feel like it still needs to be a bit more darker, a potential for more darkness? I, I think our two – maybe this is just me, but it sounds like we're talking about similar environments. You know, we want our heroes to be heroes. I don't think – you know, I don't think we're characterizing our environment as necessarily one in which it's kill or be killed. Uh, I, I think – you know, I think we're both characterizing our worlds as there's the potential for character death. Should the need arise, um, Tim? But, do you agree with that? I think I'm the odd man out, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess not. I, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm thinking that it's kind of more of a style thing. Am I going to go out my way to kill people? No. 
am I going to kill people that are possessed because I'm a lazy bastard? Yeah. That's kind of more what I was thinking. Sure, sure. Oh, they're possessed. Well, screw them. I don't care. <laughs> it was their fault well, for we know. We all know what you did in Dragon Age. <laughs> Pr- yep. Prayers in holy water, that's a little too much work. Not, Bullets yeah. are, 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 are a bit more efficient. And they're permanent. Gotcha. That's kind of what I was thinking. And I'm okay with a hero doing it as part of a a story beat. Absolutely. But I'm not going to go in there like Rambo style. Even though that would be fun too, but I can tone it down. Well, I I think that like like hmm, how to phrase this. Like there's situations where the bad guys are the bad guys, and you go in and you beat them up and stuff like that. And then there's situations where you go in and say there's some mind control going on or something like that, and maybe you're pulling punches or whatever. You're trying not to hurt them because they're not under control of themselves. You know, they're mm-hmm. possessed or mind-controlled yeah. civilians. I I think that's that's more what I'm going for. Uh, of not just killing anyone who <laughs> is uh, is basically uh, pegged as, as an enemy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking like the boys. I don't know if anyone reads that other than Wayne. You know, I'm not thinking of an environment where you know it's like I'm gonna pick up this car and smash the villain with it, even though there's innocent bystanders inside of it. You know, right. the funny thing is, as much as I want the uh, the big heroic superhero action, that was one of the concepts I almost suggested was something like the boys, <laughs> which is the complete opposite of what I'm really looking for. <laughs> so when when we're when we're talking about the style, I, I it really sounds to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like Jonathan, Paul, and Wayne are all on the same page. We're yeah, at least all in the part. same. Yeah, we're at least all in the same trade paperback. <laughs> I, th- I think Jonathan and Tim. Tim is the uh, Tim is the reprint at the back of the book. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Cut me off from my support. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like one of those books that Wayne hates, where it's four different artists illustrating the same universe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> huh. No, I, I, I don't and know. Tim's the stylized art. I was gonna say Jonathan Scotty Beast. So uh, you, well, oh, <laughs> seriously, it does. It does sound like uh, you know, for the most part, you know, three of you guys are pretty much on board with a certain type of style, where there is a potential for a little bit of darkness. You know that there can be that while the the bulk of the stories will be bright superhero uh, action and fun. But there is an opportunity for a little bit more darkness, an opportunity for high stakes that uh, characters can die, both supervillains and superheroes. Um, It sounds like Tim is wanting to play a character who might be a little bit more quick to make a, you know, uh, a a life and death uh, decision before, say, Paul's character. Now, Um, I have a question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's yes, sir. Just m- probably my ignorance with with gaming, you know. I, I can can the environments be combined depending on the setting. I mean, when, and when I say that is, you know, we're talking. You know, we have the idea of like the central city type environment, 
or you know mm-hmm. Central City or Co- Keith, whatever the frick Green Arrow is it Key City? Keystone Keystone, Keystone. Um, so you know Keystone we, light. <laughs> you know, so you know, but you know, I I also like the idea of having like a New Orleans. You know, Doctor Strange exists in the same universe as you know the Avengers. You know, you know, it's possible that Doctor Strange or the Night Stalkers could exist in the same universe as like the Flash. Sure, absolutely. In fact, one of my next questions is 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 there room in the setting that the three of you are, or the style that the three of you are comfortable with? Is there room for your characters to have a conflict with a character that Tim might play um, and, you know, battling that choice, you know, uh, you know, well, I I think of of the times when Wolverine's been a little bit more quick on the draw than the rest of the X-Men were comfortable with. Is that a conflict you guys are interested in playing or do we all need to be on board with the same type of style? Uh, I think that the, I think that a conflict like you're describing is can be can be interesting as long as it's handled properly. Um, you know, uh, an, an example that I can think of right, right off the top of my head is like, you know, if all right, say say we're the X Men. You know, is Tim Wolverine or is Tim Sabretooth? Because <laughs> Well, and, you know, we were talking about um, danger areas in superhero role-playing games, and this is exactly one of those areas because, you know, if a, a given character plays too hard towards one direction, and particularly it's the grim and gritty side, um, it can it can break the fun for those people who don't want to play that kind of thing. You know, there's also the uh, what about he saber-tooth? when Sabretooth has one of the collars on him to keep him in control, like he did for a while in X-Factor, where the character has that nature, and given the choice, the character will do that nature, and everyone in the group knows it. But it doesn't come up every single time because right. of some outside factor. That's yeah. all a character decision, though. I don't know I mean, if Tim would enjoy that. No, yeah, I mean, that's, that's no a problem with that. Well, here's, <laughs> here, here's what I, I, I guess... It's like I was saying, I'm not going to go – what I was thinking of is, like I said, I'm not going to go out of my way to harm civilians. But if they're getting used against me, I'm probably not going to waste time worrying about taking them down. That That's so – like where everybody else seems to be on that 10% to 15% darkness route, I'm more like 25 to 30. You know, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to – take care of business but i'm also not, i'm also gonna be a lazy ass when it comes to sorting out the bad guys <laughs> now if that, is, if that is, makes sense is that a danger zone i mean that's kind of how teams are usually set up there's always that darker character on them right well and you know and and, and certainly from a story point of view that is interesting conflict the question comes is is this a conflict that the players want to address because some players don't i have played with players that don't and I just want to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up to fail when we're designing the game. You know, uh, it, as long as everybody on board is cool with it, I'm cool with it. I just don't want to, you know, have some lingering doubts. And you know, because Tim is out there, you know, blowing the heads off of uh, civilians. Such a bad person. <laughs> well, yeah. And the question well, is for Tim: if it comes up every week, if we, you know, if the other characters keep making him justify his actions, is that going to be? 
you know, is that going to present problems? Not from the other character standpoint, but for him. Right. Is it going to bother him if he has to keep explaining, well, I, I did it for this reason or whatever? I'll just storm off a couple times and cut myself and you'll get the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Typically the Mr. Furious of mystery. Well, it, it, also, it also depends on like, like, like I mentioned with the Wolverine Sabretooth thing is like, you know, it, it depends, it, it really depends on, on the actions taken. I mean, there's, there's only so much you could be like, man, you shouldn't have done that or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it goes too far where it's just like, why are we even with you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if he opens fire on a crowd of mind-controlled civilians that are trying to slow us down, I think the other characters have to take pause and say, wait, what? Like, if what if what you're doing is more horrific than the villains, <laughs> it's like, you have a higher body count than the villain does. We should be trying to stop you. I'm, and, trying, to be, I'm trying to be that guy. Don't you know? <laughs> so, We're beating up the villain and he turns to us and goes, man, what did I do? He's the one killing people. <laughs> I know. So, it, it, so let me ask this question. Um, you know, we, we've, I, we, we've certainly painted the, the scenario into an extreme. But in the event that, you know, something rather over the line occurs in game, do the characters sort it out in game? Which is to say, you have a character who, who goes who apparently goes bad, guns down some civilians. Do do the the characters address that in game? Do they bring him to justice? Do they address him? Um I, I, I... I would venture to say it depends on the uh, on the extremity. You know, it, it, Wolf, we know Wolverine. <laughs> I'll tell you what extremity it is. <laughs> you know, when Wolverine's with the Avengers and they're fighting Hydra, I mean, Wolverine's like mutant power is, is fucking claws. He's not right. going around punching people. He's slashing up people. He's sticking his claws in them. You know, Captain America's pounding a shield on him, knocking him unconscious right next to him. Wolverine's killing him. You know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't come up. You know, but if Wolverine were to cut off the head of a, a civilian who was being mind controlled, I would imagine something like that would come up. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it just depends on the extremity of the. Uh, the well, and, well, you know, that's another good question: is what is everyone's feeling on having their character possibly die or their character be brought to justice? If that's the case, I mean, I have never played in a game where we've had character death and where i've had to create a new character because something happened to him i have no problem doing that i usually have within you know within the first uh you know 25 percent of the campaign i usually have another character idea as a backup just in case but how does everyone else feel about that isn't you know would you be upset if your character were gone and you suddenly had to have a new one listen for me i have no problem with it it, let me let me okay go ahead I was going to say, let me state this. It better not be in an annual. <laughs> it what about, be like oh, no, it's, client, a, it's in a it's team-up book. Death. What yeah, about a giant? Death. Can it be in a giant-sized book with perhaps a, a reprint in the back? As long oh. as it's a reprint of me, I guess. But no, no, that's uh, lame. Sim- <laughs> all right. I, like, I, I was going similar to, to Tim there. Uh, like, all right, if we were planning a and d game, I would say yes, character death. Um, because I think that there needs to be a challenge uh, for certain types of games, uh, for this type of game, because it's heavily story based, I'm assuming, Aaron. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> Write that down in your notes. <laughs> story so one. She's scratching off dungeon crawl now. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Yorks are now mind control them. It's a, it's a it's a comic book game, and you know, like you want there to be a good comic book story, and character death happens, but it's something that's really appropriate to the, like it's it's good storytelling and i think i think that's where i would be cool like if my character dies and it fits and it's really good for the story yeah why like that's that's great yeah i don't want to die because i rolled a one you know i want to i want to choose to go out in an epic fashion if the situation fits yeah. or you know maybe it maybe it is dying in a uh while rolling dice just against the big bad guy. But yeah, I just don't want it to be I don't want it to be a throwaway death. Right. Yeah, I'll go so I don't want to die like I don't want to die like one of the new X Men. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say I roll a one instead uh-huh. of dying at that moment you put the velocity clock on me. I'm totally cool with that. Okay. Because then I can yeah, that, pick my moment. That would actually work well too, where it's okay, you rolled it your character should have died, you know Keep that in mind throughout the course of the battle. You're going to die. Or, not if you're or the course of the story or what have yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, coming back to style, are we in agreement on uh, style as defined by uh, uh, Jonathan and uh, Wayne? More like how everybody defined it after that. Well, where there is – and I'll just come back to my notes here real quick so I make sure I've captured that appropriately – where uh, villains kill, heroes die. Heroes don't kill as a rule, but there there are extreme circumstances in which they can kill, and there is room for uh, uh, darker heroes, but uh, uh, that would be an ongoing conflict in the game the darker that hero became. All right, like a, a perfect example of, of that is like – uh, and I don't know if I'm getting this right because I don't read this shit, but um, you know, Joker kills Robin. You know, Batman because of what happened kills the Joker. That didn't happen. Yeah, but but you know, but you know what I'm saying because because of that big thing and. You know the the weight and the emotion they carried. Batman overstepped the line right. at the time, and then you know subsequently he has to you know go you know he has to have his little character moments or whatever afterwards where he you know maybe regrets it things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the that's the sort of killing in extreme circumstances that that I was talking about. Okay. Are we all good with that? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Well, let me let me let me get one point out. <laughs> I, am, I am with this caveat. I'm okay with in character conflict, but I don't want it to come down to a a snap gang fight between me and somebody else. <laughs> like I'll tone it back mm-hmm. before it gets to that point. You know what I'm saying? So I'm okay with the conflict if it's going to go to that way, but I don't want like inner party like actual combat, which I don't see that happening, but. To just kind of get it out there, that's kind of where I'm going with it. Paul's been See, IMing so, me through this whole thing that he is so going to kick your ass. So, so, <laughs> so, Tim, you're you're saying you're saying uh, 
You're saying that, like, fucking, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be, like, you know, arguing with you about what you're doing. You're going to punch me in the stomach, and then you're going to pop out your claws and say, next time, little man, I'll use these. Now that's going to happen. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm like, I've taken about enough from you. You're like, let's do it. Let's I'd, see. Be, far, I'd be far more can aggressive. I, can aggressive. I roll to kick Tim in the nuts now? Absolutely. Okay. In fact, I think you should choose that as your special power. <laughs> I'm a problem. <laughs> We're going to come out with like all these n- nice, happy, heroic characters, and Tim's going to roll up with the skull fucker. And his sidekick, his sidekick, kid skull fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one more time. Based on everything we've discussed, are we agreed on style? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was Paul, Jonathan, Jonathan. Uh Well, I, I don't know. Have we decided on style? <laughs> We've decided that however Aaron interprets his notes will be our style. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that said, with the, with the style that's that's been laid out here in, in, in uh, dark and muddy fashion. Obsidian Age. We're going to roll Just back. like Tim's character, dark and muddy. <laughs> we're going to roll back to the settings that were listed, and I'm going to run through them really quickly. Uh, we have Paul's recommendation for a, a twin city area, a central city connected by a bridge to something like a Shadowland where there, you've got your supervillain prison. We've got Jonathan's um, idea of something like a central city that uh, – uh, the city itself is a character complete with uh, neighborhoods where maybe heroes are based in, in each of these neighborhoods. Uh, uh, fictional cities were a theme between uh, both Paul and Jonathan. Uh, Wayne was interested in a, a game similar to Avengers Initiative that you know was maybe linked to the government. He was also interested in a game similar to Wanted where perhaps uh, uh, a certain segment of heroes have gone bad and they're, the, they're kind of the – the establishment, and so the the characters that you would be playing would be the resistance, the folks who are trying to overturn the status quo. Uh, Tim recommended Red Sun, something similar to Red Sun, with Soviet superheroes uh, saving a crumbling empire. Paul also recommended uh, his an- angels maintaining a religious peace uh, in a in kind of a dark supernatural setting. Uh, Wayne also recommended something similar to Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Tim recommended something similar to the Night Stalkers or uh, the Midnight Suns, where it was supernatural heroes taking care of occult and demonic uh, uh, bad guys. And Paul threw out the last one, which was uh, roundly rejected (laughs) as uh, pulp superheroes. So I like the idea of blending Jonathan's first one and Paul's first one, where there's two cities. One of them is the our 
if not two cities, at least there is the super villain prison there across there. But wow. the cities themselves have their own neighborhoods with their own personalities, and we would all come from our own, you know, our own separate neighborhoods that more fit our characters. Okay. I live at 157 Shady Decision Lane. <laughs> <laughs> we can send uh, fan mail to perhaps, perhaps like a, a a port city, and like the the uh, the big prison could be sort of like an Alcatraz style island off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, I like the sound of that. And I, and I like the you know I, I like incorporating uh, a New Orleans E type district. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. You Did know, you, you have know, know, and it's in... No. Oh. I mean, well, it'll be a big uh, fucking city, but you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> we got a the lot prison of heroes. really. The prison really falls into a lot of things we've seen in comic books. I mean, besides Alcatraz, you've got like uh, Arkham Asylum and. The raft and things the raft, like that. Yeah. You know, and, it's and, very fitting. And here's my thinking, and you know, and maybe you guys can disagree with me. You know, when I'm thinking the prison, I disagree. <laughs> I'm thinking less raft and more like Arkham Asylum from like the video game, where it's almost like an island city. It's not just you know a prison with cells. There's potential, you know, for a larger scale events to happen in this prison area. Oh yeah, definitely. Maybe yeah. the island's really big. Yeah. Tim, you're uh, being kind of quiet. Huh? You're being kind of quiet. He's killing something. He's kicking a dog right now. He's strangling <laughs> a kid right now. <laughs> no, I... He's strangling know. a kitten and playing with himself all at the I'm, same time. I'm, I'm being a problem anyway, so I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> well, Tim, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, uh, they're wanting to incorporate your New Orleans Night Stalkers element in, into that. Does Does that work for you? Yeah. What happens in Tim's neighborhood stays in Tim's neighborhood. I really had my heart set on Das Comrades, but all right. <laughs> well, you know what? We can save that the for the Red Society. Something. <laughs> you know, when we have our Red Dawn game, it's, that's right. the name of it, right? Red Dawn. Red Sun. No, I'm talking about the the, the 80s movie the, where the Soviets invaded America with uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Yeah, Wolverines! Yeah, see? Someone got me. <laughs> what, Bob? <laughs> so, um, okay, it sounds like there, there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, attention being paid to the, to the uh, bastard yeah. child of Paul and Jonathan. Um, uh, what about the others? Is there, is, there, is there any interest in any of the other settings, or, or are we pretty much driven towards the... Uh, the city with the burrows and the the supervillain prison. I like the city with the burrows and the supervillain prison. Tim, same here. I think like my idea. But <laughs> 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 if I had to vote for somebody's idea other than mine, I like the one that nobody else wanted to do, which was the angels on earth. <laughs> so I'm just a problem. <laughs> We we but have I New can Orleans. Play in, I can play in that setting. That's now now Tim. I I, I I do have some concerns on your behalf. You know, um, oh, good. Well, <laughs> good voice. Um, you want it a little bit darker. You're not satisfied apparently with 
the setting. So tell your friends what we can add to the setting to make it exciting for you. Huh. Given what what's out there, I don't like the idea of a prison. I like it more like a Shadowland, where it's its own little governmental entity, and they're just so close together. So I don't want like the raft or Arkham Asylum, but I would want like I'd be okay with like Central City and Shadowland, like yeah. like like Minneapolis St. Paul, basically separated by a river okay. or something like that. Tim, did you ever play? You never played City of Heroes or Villains either, did you? No. There is in City of Heroes and Villains. There is the villain side is an island nation that is itself. Basically, the villain set this up, and for diplomatic reasons, it had to be acknowledged as its own. It's not a country, but it has its own land. It's a full city. It's not a prison. The people there aren't in prison, but everyone knows that's where the bad guys are. So it's and like Australia. What, <laughs> Basically, and you know that's the kind, kind of thing. Of, yeah. I had. You know, and that's why I was saying I don't like the idea of a raft. You know, and when I compared it to Arkham Asylum, I was really thinking the video game Arkham Asylum. And, and I know the video game Arkham Asylum. You know, you think, oh, it's just like the comic Arkham Asylum, but it's really not. It's a big freaking island with like this entire, you know, environment. You know, with different buildings and different you know environments and just a, like a, a small little town. You know, uh, yeah, and I like the idea that if you go there, it's not necessarily under the jurisdiction of you know your regular laws. Things happen there that won't happen other places, and it's overlooked by the people running the place. I mean, I like now, that concept. Now, keeping in mind that you know I've only read Shadowland number one in the recent issue of Daredevil in in this Shadowland story, so uh, my understanding of Shadowland might not be as comprehensive as say Paul's, but. Um, no, that's it's how much I when, read. I'm just making it up. I mean, that's that's okay. what Shadowland is to me. <laughs> well, I don't know if it really is. <laughs> well, yeah, and the way it's, the way that we've been describing this, I'm really comparing it to, like I said, City of Villains, the Rogue Isles on there, because I was a big City of Heroes fan. I mean, I'm not right. a big MMO person, but I played this one for years. So Tim, launch. Tim, when you you know say that you're interested in something more Shadowlandy, um. Are you saying that, you know, because when I think of Shadowland, I think of a dark hero who's keeping his thumb down on, on, every, on, on anybody who's acting out in his territory. Is that what you're thinking of? Or are you thinking something of more of an independent state where bad guys are running about having, you know, doing whatever they want to do? And sometimes that washes over onto our side. That's kind of the second one. The, okay. the, the, you know, Necrotia kind of when uh, Magneto was running a kind of situation. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in that case, your your villain is keeping some sort of peace as well. They don't want things to get out of hand where they would lose power, or possibly things to get so bad that other governments decide, yes, we're going to step in. Or, or here, here's an idea. What about the idea of, say, a city under a city? Well, I think that's kind of it, – it's – we're t- I think once we figure out the dynamic, you can put it however you want. You could have a cloud city, uh, underground city. I mean, let me- that, that would. I think that that's fine. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, I, I compared it to Shadowland, but as I was thinking of it, and I didn't say this because it's not like a superhero type comic book or anything. I was really thinking more like Escape from New York. 
Okay. And that's actually what I was visualizing. You know, it, it, it's I'm an, done with that. Yeah, it was more like an actual city. You know, and sh- you know, with sh- you know, I, I like the concept of the Shadowland. You know, there's still some type of prison in there. But I mean, I think a Shadowland, honestly, like Escape from New York. You know, it's it's a block you know, off area and, of New York. And maybe that's why Tim's character is darker, and we all just understand and accept that. Maybe that's where he's from. I'm from. If, I'm from Little New Orleans in Shadowland on Shady Decision <laughs> Avenue. This is great. Now I'm so, now I'm down here. So Tim, are you saying that the supernatural uh, town is located in this Shadowlandy area? Is that what well, you're saying? I if it's I don't not, care. Yeah, if it's I, not in it, I well, think I'm it's just saying on I'm the just, outskirts. Uh, I think it, it lends okay. itself to that darker it's, environment. It's, okay, let's put it this way: you've got. Well, for lack of a better term, you've got Central City, you've got Shadowland, and then you've got the Robin Hood Forest, <laughs> Echo City. Uh huh. Not that it's its own like entity, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Okay. You know this. You know the star in uh, Star City is actually right in that forest is right in the middle of the city, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I don't care where you put me. <laughs> well, you know, as long as I have my own little corner of morally ambiguousness, I don't care. You know, and it's kind of funny because you know I'm thinking of this, and you know we're talking about the New Orleans, and as soon as soon as Tim said New Orleans, I was thinking the X Men when X Men went down to New Orleans and had the adventure with Ghost Rider in New uh-huh. Orleans fighting the Brood. Oh, yeah, I know that one. I was thinking that type of adventure. You know, you can have the mixture of the superheroic characters like an X-Men type team, you know, and the supernatural characters, you know, because that I love that story. And I think it would make a good mix, some, you know, from time to time to bring in the supernatural element. For me, every time back. New Orleans is mentioned, <laughs> I think I'm going further back to that. When I hear it mentioned, the first things I'm thinking of are like Shadow Man and Nightman, which are basically the same characters only for different companies <laughs> nice Shadow they're, man. Jazz, they're jazz musicians in the new orleans area okay so, did we did we completely throw out my city under a city idea <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think okay. we've gotten into the geography of it yet but i think that we've got we i, I think and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put this out there to make sure that we've got a consensus on it um we have a we have decided on a fictional city that uh, you know, neighbors against a an area uh, that's you know shadowlandish, where uh, a territory that supervillains run. Um, we have decided on you know various neighborhoods and boroughs in this area. One of which is a supernatural area. Um, do I have that correct? Is that what we're dis- what we're agreed on? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very good. We have accomplished what we set out to do tonight. Well, that only took two hours. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to release the, um, the 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 wrap up of this, right? <laughs> Not the actual. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna release the actual. I think we should. If you listen you're to this. You're that kind of person, just like me, sick bastard. What we're gonna do next time? We're still not into character generation yet. We're gonna spend more time designing the city. And all the different areas and the history of the city and getting a little bit more firm on our setting. Um, and then after that, we'll be ready to start pitching characters. I'm going to talk you guys into the city and under the city idea. The and more that, I think about it, the more I like it. <laughs> I always used to think hate about the that. realms of possibilities. I always used to hate that idea when they were using it in Venom. Well, I didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs>
So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how it could be great. You know, I liked it in the 2099 world where you had a a city on top of a city, and you know, it basically got darker the further down you got. I don't know about that either, but we're going for it. Okay, so <laughs> so gonna... what have you read, Jonathan? That was at least Marvel. This is a this is an idea that it, I don't have a book to base it on. It was spawned from our conversation. So if when we box up the rest of the city, Aaron, is that going to be on mic or is that going to be homework? Nope, it'll be on mic. Okay. I want to I want to do as much of this uh, voice as we can. I'll give you some homework before we have the next session. Uh, just some things to to kind of spark conversation, but uh, you know, and I like the idea of after we've pitched our characters, we've mentioned the uh, the possible we all come from different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of each of us doing a little write up for you of here's my idea for the neighborhood that spawned this character. Absolutely, and absolutely. Having you put that together to be to make the city, and that that'll be you know we'll, we'll we'll do some of the bigger neighborhoods, but you know there's always room for others. So you know if when you're in character generation, you know ooh I you know we we didn't think about this. You know, uh, that kind of thing can come up. So I, w- I really want to get the setting done so that everyone feels comfortable with the characters they're, they're wanting to uh, design and play. So that said, uh, what did you think of tonight's uh, discussion? How did, how, did, how did the format work for you? I think I'm a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh. You know, I was reminded of our uh, Fear the Con game when we were doing the burning wheel. And you and I got into it to the point that I'm trying to get your character thrown out of the castle. That's what I was yeah. thinking about for a while. Of this, That was a fun game, though. I mean, I'm looking forward to actually gaming with you again because we had a good rapport going as we argued. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking I, I haven't done the sandbox thing before. And this seems like a lot of work. <laughs> Just because it's I'm so used to somebody telling me this is how it's going to be, I'm yeah. like, all right. The 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 same is exactly what Jonathan said. It's a lot of work on the front end, but it really gets everybody involved in the creation process. I I did it my first time with my Empire Earth game, and I had done a lot of the front end work, just kind of you know. Uh, breaking out the structure of, of the setting but when i released the players into it they really bought into it uh and I, i've i've just i've had a lot of luck with it since then you know I don't was, worry i'm sure tim will break that for you i'm sure he will <laughs> you know bastard tim i got to roll the step jonathan in the face <laughs> <laughs> i think you need to take that as a power <laughs> so uh, back to it how, how did this process work for you guys tonight I'm upset that we're done. Because well, <laughs> now the ideas are flowing because, truth be told, Aaron, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> but the, the more we spoke, the more, the more the brain started working. Normally I'd run longer, but you know Paul is on Eastern time, so it's already after 11 o'clock his time. And, and... Who cares about Paul? Yeah. Paul, you're a weenie. <laughs> you know, as soon as they legalize gay marriage in Virginia, Paul's going to be my husband. <laughs> so yeah. I care about Paul. <laughs> well, so uh, I'm gonna vote no. <laughs> um, no I, okay, so I, this was my first, you know, environment like this, and I I enjoyed it, and I can't lie, and maybe it's just it's me. Uh, well, yeah, I, I keep saying that, you know, <laughs> Superman doesn't tell a lie, and nor does Paul. Um, but and maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just that I enjoy our conversations. But I don't see why we couldn't release an actual play of this. 
and and we may we may actually do that. Um, we uh, may actually actually actually. Yeah, I think Aaron's concern about it is once we actually start playing the game, it's going to be so long. There's a lot of work for him to edit. I, that is my that is my exact concern. I don't think it's a content thing at all. I think that's is that's just a it's going to be a bitch to edit. Yeah, because you know so we're, I you're stop talking about my hair with the microphone is what you're saying. You're, you're, why, do you I mean, need, why do you need to edit it? Because otherwise, it sounds like kicked in the dice bags. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see. I heard from Paul uh, uh, Wayne. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I liked the uh, that we didn't talk about it ahead of time and we got it all out on the mics. Yeah. Um, really, you know, really quickly as the ideas were flowing, my ideas were kind of twisting, you know, about what I wanted, and I found out pretty quickly that I was really on the same page with Jonathan. We were looking for the same kind of story out of it. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, I like him. I like the natural flow. I like that we pushed him out and we all threw multiple ideas while he was waiting to throw his second idea out there. (laughs) (laughs) I do think it would have been interesting if we would have all had some wild ideas instead of having, you know, we had quite a few that were similar. Yeah, yeah, because the wild ideas went over so well. (laughs) I was about to say, you know, everybody really embraced Paul's wild idea. (laughs) No, but it gets... The wild ideas get you thinking about other things. But, you know, I would like to point out that, you know, of the four people, you know, on the mics contributing to the to the uh, setting, three of you had very profound uh, influence into the final setting. You know, uh, Jonathan and Paul both came to an early agreement on, on what they were looking for. <coughs> and we incorporated... Uh, Tim's piece as well on the the supernatural neighborhood. Um, so what so, you're I mean, saying is Wayne you know, didn't that, do dick. Yeah, Wayne is odd man out. What's up with that one? That's how I like it. <laughs> Let other um, people do all the work for you. I'm gonna have so, even more of a profound impact when I convince you guys that the city <laughs> under the city idea. <laughs> so, this is gonna be boardwalks. This is gonna be great. So, uh, <laughs> Jonathan, did, did we capture all your feedback concerning the the sandbox brainstorming? Um, I still have a lot to give. Well, I know, but I mean, just on the process itself. Yeah, you know, uh, I got a little worried that uh, that we were going we were going indie. Huh. Uh, but I'm glad to see I'm glad to see where we're we're going to be doing something that can still be mainstream publication. Uh huh. And, I was. Uh, I, I had to say, I was kind of hoping that that uh, Paul would come out, or or Wayne maybe, with some kind of uh, Jaime Hernandez Love and Rockets kind of setting. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> I mean, if we were if we were doing if we were doing just say some more artist names. Let's let's really confuse me. If we if we were doing some some indie stuff, I would I would have went with Cherry Pop Tart. But oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I was getting worried. I didn't know how much. I was like, how much can I compromise on on what I want and still be able to have fun? But uh, you know, I think I think we're I think we're good to go. I feel good about it. Good deal, Tim. You were the one who uh, who had some struggles throughout this process. Tell me how it worked for you. Negative to the end. <laughs> it's, not, it's not negative. He, he is sold, I, isn't he? 
my concern, uh, part of my concern is I never heard what the DM wanted. And so as a DM, I know that I'm, I'm only bought in if, um, you know, if I've got something to run with. Right. So that was part of my concern with this process is Aaron's like, I'm just going to suck all the ideas up and kind of filter a little bit and not have an opinion. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really know if that's the right way for the DM to go. If he's running something that I think is lame. Not that I, not that I think that, but that's just my concern with sandbox in general. Well, and, and there is a, a, portion of this where I'll put in my own opinion because that you're absolutely right as a game master I do need to be excited about the game but as as long as you guys are feeding uh, ideas into the process that I'm excited about I'm not gonna gonna make a correction or a change to anything um, and so far you guys have me interested you know that that's actually your question what would have been your choice given feel would you have fallen more on the you know stabby mcshoot him tim character <laughs> or the uh, the paragon of goodness jonathan i just right wayne it's the wow Revenger. that feels that feels wrong calling jonathan the paragon of goodness <laughs> <laughs> well, i think something yeah. just heard in my brain saying that it's because <laughs> we're playing in bizarro world <laughs> aaron would have gone um, for the angel I, idea just saying you know, actually, the angel idea is very interesting to me. Um, now, I, the only reason that I wouldn't have gone for it, Paul, is that we we came out of the gates as playing a superhero game, yeah. and it does sound more to me like a you know not a superhero game, just a, a supernatural game. But again, well, that and sounds Paul like a suggested lot. you, and you'd never vote for anything Paul suggested. True, exactly, exactly. That I <laughs> I like the I like the angel idea, um, and if Aaron had said. You know, he was thinking about running a Savage Worlds game, and just left it at that. And like, you threw out that idea, I would have been like, "Yeah, I'm on board with it." Yeah. But I like, I want to play a superhero. Yeah. You'll hear it again. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, Wayne, you asked the question: what what kind of game would I normally play? Would I normally lean to uh, darker? Uh, I really enjoy a, a a dark game, not a game absent of heroism, but you know. See, there was the guy I needed on this side of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, to give you an idea, Tim, in the uh, the one superhero game, the one shot I played <laughs> with Aaron, he's loading up the car and driving over people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I don't. He runs a zombie game like he's talking to kids at Sunday school. It's awesome. Now, keep keep in mind, keep in mind, guys, that that. The only gaming I'm doing right now is with the asshole group. Uh huh. I I've got my fill of dark, and that's a group that will never. <laughs> that's that's a group that will never ever 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 be able to play the type of superhero game I would want to play. So right. I want I want I'm grasping for the opportunity. I mean, we like the la- the last game session, the unspeakable things that we did to poor innocent people to you know captives we had it was just it was horrible so <laughs> uh, you know i i get i get my fill of that you know i'm thinking tim wants to play in that game now but you <laughs> if, know to be if, honest i'm kind of in the same likes, i'm if, kind if of thinking tim, the same thing jonathan because right now the game i'm playing we're an evil group i mean we've got a null character that's eating wizards I and mean, i like the idea of the the paragon of goodness i like the idea of playing that too Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really enjoying that, but I want something different for this than what I'm doing there. Yeah. I don't want to play two of the same <clears throat> feeling games at the same time. Well, and, you know, I, I tend to run and this is 
this is the first time I've ever sandboxed a uh, supers game before. So, so that's a little bit new for me as well, but I'm really hoping that if we're all coming together and agreeing on style and setting that um, it avoids a situation that I've had in the past where I've run my game and someone has come into the game very much like Jonathan. They were looking for, you know, very heroic, very, you know, almost a, a lawful to chaotic good type of character for absence of a better way to describe it. But, you know, I, I'm putting them in situations where they're having to make really hard moral choices and, you know, people around them are making darker choices than they are, and it hurt their fun, you know. So I'm really hoping that, that with getting your buy-in early on and making sure that I'm providing you the kind of game that you're asking for, uh, that everybody's happy in the end. I just, I just don't want this – I don't want us to interrogate anyone in this game by burying them up to their neck and then <laughs> kicking, kicking them in the head till they tell us what we want to know. Okay, so let me ask you this. What about what about interrogating them and just cutting parts off of their body as you move further and further, you know, up their appendages? Is that okay? Mm, that's too standard for that group. <laughs> like that, that was that was stuff we did when we were still in high school. Yeah, we, yeah. Our torture techniques have have, have grown. grown. Yeah, <laughs> you never want to torture the same person twice. So you, <clears throat> we're always looking for for new and interesting ways to uh, to torture somebody. <laughs> very good well on that note uh we will uh round up wind up this uh episode of sandbox brainstorming for yet to be named superhero game and uh we will come back next time (laughs) we will come back next time and uh talk more about uh, the city itself knights of rainsboro is a production of ideologyofmadness.com intro music generously provided by Derek k miller For more information about Derek and his music, visit penmachine.com. Outro music is provided courtesy of Dan Kelso. You can find these and other great pod-safe tunes at musicalley.com. All goat sex involved in the production of this podcast was purely consensual. City under a city, I'm going to say.